All right. Hi, guys. And hi, Instagram people, too. Um, okay. So today we have Maverick with us. And uh, just to share a little bit about um, how we got to know each other. Uh, of course, I know him first, lah, right? Instead of him knowing me, I know him through his emails. Really, I know him through his emails. Mm. For whatever reason, or I can't remember how I first subscribed to your emails. But all I remember is that back in those days, I was working in a 9 to 5 job. And your email comes not every day, right? It was like once a week. I can't remember exactly. I think it was every Friday. Or yeah, I tried to like keep it once a week. Yeah, so every Friday, and I had such a good time reading those emails, and I think that's the reason why I left my nine to five job and wow, uh, okay, and got to a twelve to twelve job instead, which is a entrepreneurship uh, route, right? It's like definitely a lot harder than a nine to five job. I think you come to kickstart, right? Was it? Yeah, that's how I actually got okay. subscribed to your emails. Okay, yeah, because we will spam everyone who comes to the Kickstart yeah. events. But that's the key thing, right? The emails are so good that, uh, I mean, Kickstart is one of the reasons, but I think, you know, it's not every day I get to leave the office early back then. So um, those emails really helped making me start thinking about my life, I would say. Um, really? Okay. Yes, it does. So why don't you just uh, introduce yourself to the crowd and share about yourself? Oh, uh, cool. Okay, so... Is it a look at this camera, right? You can look here, look there, say hi okay. everywhere. So sorry for the Instagram people that I'm not, I'm breaking eye contact because it's larger. Uh, okay, so I guess I started marketing when I was in 2005. So that's like a good, almost 15 years already. But of course we started with newspaper ads. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's where I started to learn copywriting. Uh, and then from there, when newspaper ad doesn't work, we moved to fax marketing. And then nowadays, fax are dead. I finally cut off my fax line beginning this year oh, after so eight cool. years of not receiving a single fax. So what do you use it for? Paperweight. So yeah, but which was already digitalized anyway. All my faxes are digitalized anyway. So then after that, we move on to emails. So I realized that uh, emails still work, uh, especially in, in the B2B space. So uh, most of my businesses are in the B2B space. Uh, that's where, where the sales cycle is longer. Mm -hmm. So I think emails work tremendously well for that group. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I am today, I guess. Most of my, I think 93% of my businesses uh, of all the sales that I get actually starts from an email. Yes. And most of the time it's a cold email. Wow, cold email. Yeah, like, because I hate cold calling. So cold email, if I pick up a name card on the floor, I will pick it up, I'll research, and then from there I will start emailing the shit out of the person, trick campaign or whatever until the person buy. Like. So yeah, you get scolding. Uh, I get someone from the Ministry of Health. Yeah, this is a hint for you guys who sent me an envelope with a piece of tissue with shit on it. So I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And But you guys are not very smart, the MOH people. You know why? Because you actually, Yes, you remove the, they, they use a normal uh, paper, but they actually have a stem on it. So it's like, they are trying to be ambiguous, but that's how I know it's actually from MOH, the Shalom branch, not very smart. <laughs> uh, yes, but that's besides the point. I'm pretty sure they don't do it nowadays anymore. Wow, wow, that's, that's... Yeah, you get shit mail, right? Yeah, literally shit mail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, um, but let's get started. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, so we have plenty of questions, right? So the first one will be from Chen Niu. And Chen Niu actually asked, can email be used to build relationships with clients? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, I managed to get her to quit her job. Yeah. So I think that's <laughs> uh, okay, but I think, uh, like just like I mentioned, why B2B it works a lot better is because uh, you need to uh, think back of the days of when Dell was doing uh, marketing. So Dell understood the customer journey really well. So they were actually faxing flyers almost 
every hour to someone. So because back in the day when someone were to your client would say, hey, Maverick, I'm going to send the fax over right now. And then you will like go over and wait the fax machine. And fax machines are like freaking slow, like five minutes come out one and shit, it's actually a flyer. It's not the thing that the client is, so that you see the queue. Lah. But after a while looking at the flyers, right, you it kind of like implant in you. So the next time when you think about buying a laptop, you actually think of, hey, why not buy Dell? So it was from there that I realized that actually email works the same way because if you are a corporate employee, which you can testify last time, yeah. you have to clear your inbox every day, which means that every day I got like one chance to basically catch your attention. So building, so I guess, uh, so answering a few questions that that's further down as well. Yeah. If the subject line is interesting, like eight out of 10 men will commit suicide if they don't get a promotion within three years. So those kind of titles will get people like, holy shit, will I be like in the statistics? And then they will, they will click and read, right? So I think 80% uh, of the battle for email marketing, right, starts with the subject line. Uh, because if you notice any app, uh, email app that you use, the one that gets bolded the most is always the email subject line. So you don't know the person, you don't know the email, you don't know the source. Sometimes they give you a preview, but not all the time you get it. So the subject line is like the one that's catchy. Although some people say try to keep it like seven words, but I think if the title is really interesting, people will actually click on yeah. it. Like seven things you must do as a manager before you die. Mm -hmm. So those kind of stuff, people will like click, even though they are not the manager, they will click as well, right? We call that clickbait, but yeah. it works really well on email actually. So so do you see this clickbaity style? Like I, I noticed you use words like, you know, uh, suicide and die. And, you know, yeah. those are really big words, right? Where it Correct. actually captures attention. Um, but you were also saying B2B, right? So like B2B, do people actually, you know, get all these words as well? Do they look at it and say, wow, what's going to happen to me? I think end of the day, B2B or not, you are still a human. So if yeah, I appeal right. to the human side of you, you will still click it. Of course, you don't put suicide. Like chances yeah. are, if you put uh, keywords like suicide or die, yeah. you will most probably end up in the spam mail yeah. first. Uh, so you always have to be careful with the subject line. But I think things like seven out of 10 or seven ways to do certain things, uh, that has been working for me at least for the past, well, actually for the past 15 years, I think. Nice. So, yeah. So, but of course, B2C, like those emails that I sent you, you can be a bit more casual. Uh, you be, add more personality into it. So. So yeah, I think if you add some personality and you stand out, I think that's fine. That's that's okay. But um, let's just touch a bit on subject headlines. So yeah. I remember people always, you know, do stuff like, oops, I'm sorry, like the oh. subject headline. Yeah. And I always thought that that person is someone that I know because why would you say sorry to me if I don't know you, right? Correct. Then I actually open the emails. But at the same time, opening the emails also doesn't make doesn't mean click throughs, right? So mm. what are your thoughts between open rates and click through rates? Uh, oh, okay. So open rate usually in modern terms, I guess you can say that it counts as a view, la. means mm. they actually seen it. Yeah. Uh, whereas if they click through, I guess it's what CPA or uh, engagement yeah. rate. So, uh, but the fact is that if they open it, I think it's really quite good that mm. they, uh, at least the brand is that that's why uh, after the subject line, the paragraph is the most important. The first paragraph is the most important thing as well. So uh, then after that, some emails that you read that I wrote can be quite long. Uh, so people always ask, will long emails work? So the longest test I've done is 3,000 words. So that one's too long. I think the longest I, uh, the longest you can do most pro probably is 1,002. But it's always okay to be long as long as it's not long-winded. 
So you think about those friends that can sit through like, is it seven or eight seasons of uh, Games of Thrones? Yeah. So they got the attention. So as long as it's interesting, right, people will continue reading, you see. And don't forget, email can is text-based. So there's always one thing that emails can do that videos and podcasts can't. Because with video, you cannot fast forward. Like you'll miss certain parts if you yeah. fast forward. But email, you can just still skip it through. So if the way you format it, you just put like little cluster bombs of information throughout, they get the gist of it. I think that's good. So engagement, of course, if you put a couple of clicks, you will know whether they, uh, a couple of links, you will know whether they read how far. Yeah. But I would actually look at open rate as well because that's a true measure of the, I guess, the copywriting on the subject line. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, it's true. Like, if people, no matter how good your content is, if people are not going to open it, then people are not going to see what you click on, so, right? Uh, yes. So, so, either way, open rate is still very, definitely very important than, than only optimize for click-throughs. No, actually, uh, that's where some people get it wrong. So, actually, before open rate, the more important one is actually inboxing rate. So, mm. inboxing rate means actually the email, whether even it gets to the inbox rather than the spam box. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of times I see some, I guess sadly, it happens a lot in the government offices. So they will send you an email with a title, and then the whole email is just an image. Sure, can spam on? It's like that's your ratio to image to text is like so piss poor, right? So please, for the ministries, you can always engage me. I know you guys have the money anyway. Uh, but the thing is that so so sometimes they put the whole flyer in like this. It's just lazy, lah. Because that one you send out, sure, can spam for sure. So I would rather you put one line of text and you get into the inbox rather than do like such a nice infographic and it ends up in spam. Yeah, so uh, I think that is to answer Exxon Lee's question. Like he asked what format of layout can he use to re reduce spam rates. So like what he said, mm. uh, please don't just, you know, put one big picture and that's it, right? It Correct. doesn't work that way. I think there's a certain ratio like, uh, I think 50-50 is good, but I, I think images is always an excuse for poor storytelling. Because if you have write good storytelling, you can emit the images. And uh, if you send to corporates, one thing you need to understand that some companies are so freaking ancient, they still use Lotus. Oh, yeah. Lotus Notes, where you only have like a 2 MB mailbox. What the fuck is like, how can you put something 2 MB anymore? Then you get automatically archived. So those clients will hate you for spamming them because one email from you will block all the other emails that from their clients or their bosses, you yeah. see. So text-based, uh, that's why over time I realized a lot of companies, the moment you put some, even some HTML code in it, they will yeah. just chuck it away. Yeah. So text-based is the best. Yeah, just purely text. Right? Yes, no formatting, no bullet points, no, even your company logo so sweet, so nice, so you have to remove it because uh, it's a piece of, uh, it's coding. Yeah. GIF, animated GIF, I see they're making a comeback, but I don't know whether GIF is always a good idea because mm -hmm. GIF used to be used to, transfer viruses ah. yeah yeah so so as uh as what Merrick say layouts like because of um, how things are like so sometimes people like what he proposes to just make it purely text without mm. any html you know like there's plenty of very beautiful templates. looking templates sometimes you just need to google them uh i think newsletters okay those kind of templates you can still use it if there has been some form of back and forth communication mm. So if it's a cold email that I do, which I do predominantly most of the time, uh, it's usually pure text. And what I usually do is that, um, okay, so I'll, I'll write an email. And then the idea is that I don't even give them a link to download something. Let's say I am supposed to attach a brochure. Attachments are the worst thing ever. Like. 
Uh, so let's say if they, I will say, okay, hey, if you're interested in this program, just reply to this email and I'll send you the brochure. So most people will think that, hey, Maverick, isn't that very manual? Because you could have just put a link there. But the fact that they reply is almost like training the servers on the other side. So, hey, there's someone from that particular company sending the email back to this total stranger before. And then that's how you build the relationship. And that's how you trick some servers which are not as smart. Uh, because if the conversation have initiated from the client side, then, then it's easy. Yeah. But if you just send a quotation over, sometimes it always happens when you send a quotation over to a corporate email, usually you, you find that it usually ends up in a spam folder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, um, I think some, sometimes these days people are just not just talk about spam, right? They're like, how do I get to the main inbox? Because every time, many times people's stuff actually ends up in the promotion inbox, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, so that's obviously another, yeah, that's another conversation. Because the algorithm uh, yeah. is really hard to decipher as well. Mm. Yeah. I think the, for that, I think the more personal or the more personal it is like for the conversations, the mm. easier it is for you to get to the to the main inbox. So make sure you actually talk to the people as opposed to, I guess, the typical selling, selling, selling. They will definitely know the words that you are using and all. Mm. So definitely something to look out for. All right. Um. So Andrea Foster also asked, how do you earn an income from Gmail marketing? Yeah, my response to that is just like selling stuff. Right? Uh, okay, you can build a list and then from a list, I don't know, you can use it to do affiliate marketing, ClickBank or whatever. Yeah. Uh, worst come to worst, since you already built the list, just sell the list. Lah. There are so many people selling databases anyway. So I think uh, it depends on what you're really trying to do. You can actually sell over email. So I just love it when people say email marketing is dead because the more they believe it, the higher chance there is for me to actually uh, be in the inbox of my prospects, you see. So please go on and continue believing that email marketing don't work. Uh, it will. It's a selfish intention. It works really well for me. And so, you earn more money. You earn a yes. Business. And I think uh, for those who have been doing Facebook ads for a while, I think yeah. you will notice that uh, just starting this year, the ad costs have increased. Yeah, uh, one thing that have quite stagnant over the years in terms of the cost is always emails because mm -hmm. Uh, even though you increase by a thousand, uh, it's re really marginal. Uh, I think chatbots are close to it. So someone asked about chatbots yeah. as well. So I think chatbots for now is a good trend. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the next six months, but uh, as soon as your messenger inbox get cluttered, just like how your inbox get cluttered, I don't think it's going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. So the only problem with chatbots is also uh, most corporates still don't allow their employees to use Facebook. So, so some chatbots won't work. So end of the day, if you're doing B2B, right, it's still going back to either the phone call or mm -hmm. you have to use emails uh, or blog contents. Yeah. I think um, I think this is to answer Jin Charles. Uh, so Jin Charles asked, you know, if there's a competition between email marketing and chatbots. So I think first thing first, you need to know your audience, right? If yes. In the company, if the person cannot even use Facebook, no matter how advance your chatbot is you wouldn't be able to reach that person correct and i think not just that i think chatbots right now um you know use i think beginning of the year or end of last year a lot of chatbots are free but right now when i actually look at the cost right yeah, it's actually not, not cheap. cheap yeah it is so expensive and and they count any engagement of sorts as yeah as, uh, one, as subscriber. One, one subscriber and it doesn't mean that they are actually interested in you and it's so easy True. to get um these people's uh these people to kind of just engage with you like yeah, PM co, best co, price or yeah, something. Yeah, co-engagement of sorts and they consider this as one subscriber. I actually think that it's getting a lot more expensive. It is. Yeah. Uh, if you look at prices like ChatView, uh, yeah. ManyChat, if you compare with like 
take just take Mailchimp for example, you will see the difference is a lot. So yeah, yeah. so I think chatbots will will work for a while, but I really don't know what's going to happen next year. Whether there's going to be automation or chatbots for WhatsApp, for example, mm -hmm. whether they can open their APIs for one. Uh, but over the in and out, like TikTok is like crazy right now. Yeah. Uh, but some trends will go, some trends will uh, rise. But somehow, if you look, if I look at the past fifteen years, email still stand. Mm. So that's why for those people who say email marketing don't work, right? You can just send me your yeah email databases. Uh, <laughs> I would love it. yeah I would love to collect it. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think let's go to the part where you're talking about growing list, email list, right? So mm. some people ask, how do you get emails and how do you blast your emails to them? So I think one of the ways you did it was by collecting cards. Yeah. But other than that. Okay, so there are a couple of ways like through, okay, up to November. If you had asked me in November last year, uh, I would have recommended LinkedIn because LinkedIn has an op used to have an option where you can export all your first level uh email addresses uh, right now they need consent which is uh, which is terrible so last time what we used to do is that we would take that personal email and we continue the conversation off uh, you know uh, off the LinkedIn platform yeah. of course for those of you who are smarter you can always import that particular list as a tag, uh, custom audience and then you target them on other platforms like Facebook for example yeah. uh, but now you can't do that anymore so uh, but there are still other platforms where you can like hunter.io or scrap.io where you can they can try to guess a person's email if you notice if you work at certain corporations like deloitte for example uh yeah. the format of the name is always the same like audrey link yes audrey.link or maverick.foo or maverick underscore foo so they always try to guess emails so you can use those kind of tools to try to guess an email sometimes you'll search all over the web for the person's email as well uh yeah it's stuff like this personal email i Usually don't like to email a person because when if they were to ask how do you get my email address, I actually don't have a way to answer it. But if I if they ask how do you get my work email, so I say, Oh, uh, I was just at LinkedIn and then I Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, correct. So then I say, Oh, okay, that's how you get my email. Yeah. So I think um I think that's great, right? And I think Aziz asked uh, you know, is I know there's a lot of people, you know, when they actually sign up for your email list and later on they start unsubscribing. So yes. for him, it's like, how do you retain your email list of followers? Continue to be interesting. <laughs> I think it's content is, uh, attention is a true currency uh, commodity right now. So, so you always have to ask, like, if they are going to spend five minutes to read whatever stuff you've written, right? Uh, it has to be more interesting than whatever stuff that they are seeing elsewhere. So content, I think content is still king. Uh, of course, content would be relevant to them, then it becomes king. Lah. So if you say you are, you build a list of managers, corporate managers. Mm -hmm. So every week you were to send something like how to make them a better manager, how to delegate their tasks better, how to coach, how to ask questions, how to do, uh, how to do firing, for example, how to do hiring. So anything that's related to a manager, of course they will click on it. Yeah. Yeah, so like if you're, that, that's why it's nothing, it's not so much about clickbait anymore because it's, if it's a topic is interesting to that persona, uh, then yes, uh, it will be interesting. So if you're always sending buy this, buy that, if you don't buy, you're an idiot, bye, bye, bye. So usually that one will end up in spam and they unsubscribe. Lah. So I think where Gary Vee said it right is where you jab three times and then you hook. So, so you can do three pieces of content which value adds and you don't sell at all. And then the last, the fourth one, you you do some soft selling and then you do another three, one, three, one again. 
So that's a method of, you know, if you want. Yeah. So I guess in a way where people are so accustomed to having your content and then after that, suddenly you sell a little bit, you'll be like, oh, it's fine. Correct. Instead of just selling, 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 I'll be like, okay, you know, I have to run away. But you can always put a PS as well. So it's like if yeah. the whole piece is just pure content, then after your signature, you can always put a PS at the bottom. Then say, hey, if you're interested to discuss more about this, hey, just reply to this email uh, and then let's talk. Just make it something easier. Uh, you do get something, some replies from that, even though you're not intentionally selling. Yeah. Yeah. And but when you do sell, please have one freaking CTA on it. Some people like to like follow my Facebook page, subscribe to my YouTube, click on this, buy that. Just ask for one thing, even if ask. I think uh, it's the same philosophy as landing pages. Mm -hmm. There could be multiple buttons, but yeah. all of it lead to one place yeah so emails are the same uh okay so ken lum asks how do insurance agents do in email marketing you thought ken was in my class okay i don't know whether you're this week or last week uh ken is from uh, great eastern mm -hmm. so uh okay if you're doing so for ken if you're doing b2b uh it will work but b2c if you're selling to a a, a man on the street uh it's gonna be a bit more uh, difficult because it depends on how often they check their emails because if you're a corporate employee you have to clear it every day uh, sometimes four times a day uh, but if you are like you love your personal email how often do you create once a week no, like once yeah. a, three weeks yeah if I open up your Gmail app, I can see like 9999 uh, emails like outstanding right yeah so that's a problem with personal emails because a lot of times uh, it people don't check it as often so for in Ken's case then that's why if you understand the customer and their their buyers inside, you will know that okay, maybe going to chatbot makes more sense rather than mm -hmm. going for email marketing. You can try, but it, it won't work as well as B2B, yeah. guaranteed. I think um I was actually following someone someone as well. I can't remember what's his name, but mm. I always remember his content, right? So he is also selling insurance. Yep. But I actually do subscribe to um, his mailing list. Mm. And I've never, even though I don't really often, but every time I open it, you know, I don't mind having it. And as and when I open it, I see his name, I'll just open up and check it out. Okay. And what he does is that he does like what you what you say, right? The jab, 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 hook, right? Mm. All the jabs he did was really sharing, you know, how I could save money mm. or sharing, you know, about... Um, sharing about you know some parts of you know uh you know like how can i really truly secure myself as opposed to selling insurance to me correct because i'm always being i mean all of us are always being sold insurance right but so many of us are being sold insurance but none so little of us actually know nuts about insurance because no one really educated us about it True. and then suddenly this guy start educating it and you suddenly realize like Oh my goodness, my insurance agent told me this and he is telling me something else, right? What, yeah. What's happening? So, so who's the authority right now, right? Yeah, who's the authority right now? But because he takes such an unbiased position, mm. then obviously I look at my insurance agent and I'm like, this person is just trying to, you know, get a big cut out of me. No, um, but I think it's brand building through email. So I yeah. think whatever the person is doing is smart. So like yeah. what I usually recommend uh, to the insurance agent that I train is that because if you look at the policy itself that you buy, it's like freaking thick, right? Yeah. There are so many words. Okay, most of us don't read. Lah. Okay, I'll let yeah. you know if AIA or G is listening in. Yes, you can trick us. We don't even read uh, those words. But if let's say the agent were to take a couple of words and every week you just put in a definition. Like when you see this word, yeah. what does it mean? And don't just give a textbook example. Put example. Okay, for example, if Audrey were to uh, you know be hospitalized touch word hospitalized uh, and the uh, expenses is this much so she would be able to claim but if the expenses is this much then she won't so just give examples 
And every week I will look forward to that email because it's first it's short, so it's yeah. less than two, three minutes read. Yeah. And I actually learn something about policy. I, I may actually go back and flick through my policy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So someone even asked me, okay, insurance is actually easy. Someone actually asked me, uh, how does a coffin house do content marketing? Mm. Uh, so that one uh, is a so bonus for those who understand, uh, who are tuning in as well. Uh, so of course, it's very pantang to basically promote coffin houses lah. Uh, and she was the person who asked was very insistent as well because i will have used a business development method like you partner with certain bureau homes but she said okay what if just you can only use content marketing okay so then you have to understand before a person dies in the last six to nine months natural death uh, not certain death yeah. usually the people around the uh the, the person who is dying will be searching for like palliative care, will be searching for like, you know, nursing homes and all that. So if those information are given either in blog posts or in emails, right, like preparing for someone that's living, so how, how do you deal with the grieving yeah. uh, in law, for example? So those information will be useful because those will build brand and eventually if the person really pass away. So I think you've got the business of them buying the coffin. Yeah. So as long as you understand who's the decision maker, who's the one that buys uh, and okay, obviously the person is dying. If I'm dying, I won't buy the yeah. coffee now, please. So it's usually will that's downstairs will buy. So the even though the subject is around me, yeah. but it, the target audience is actually the, their family members. Right. So right. if you understand the, that's why I say a lot of times marketing you have to understand the buyer's psychology mm -hmm. because Facebook can die tomorrow. Like and then what? So you stop doing advertisement. You have to start exploring. But once you understand customers, right, once they still have money, I think you still have a way to influence them. Mm. Yeah. I, I love that, right? Understanding customer journey and understanding who is the buyer and who is the customer. Like, yeah. not who is the user. It's just two different people. Sometimes. Correct. If you understand the journey, right, then you'll use, okay, then you think, okay, can email marketing or emails inject in their, let's say the person is awake from like 7 to 11 at night. So then you need to start asking yourself, well, at what point can email penetrate? So as an employee, I know anytime between 9 to 6, I can penetrate you. Yeah. Okay, that sounds really bad. <laughs> uh, I can penetrate your inbox. Uh, but after that, maybe I need to shift over to YouTube ads or yeah. I need to retarget you on other platforms. So end of the day, the tool is shit. Uh, it's always about the customer. If you understand where the customer sleeps, where they eat, like when they, in Asia, it's, in Asia it's tough. So for example, when they, uh, when they take a shit, do they squat or do they sit on the bowl? Then you know how to place the particular ad, right? Do you place it very low or do you place it higher? A man at the urinal, for example, you need to start monitoring how long they take to pee. Then only you know how much tax to put on the ad, right? So all, it has nothing to do with the ad. It's all about the person's behavior. Yeah. So I think a lot of the questions that people ask is they are asking the how question. Uh, email marketing can do wonders for all of yeah. you. But the truth is that if you don't understand the customer journey and how to interject, uh, it's useless. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, okay, Suraya asked, you know, what, he said, hi, Merrick and Audrey, love the conversation. I want to know what are some mailing lists you personally follow? Oh, uh, okay. I've followed some, okay, for some weird reason, I follow Edmund Lowe, uh, because he's, he's, he's quite diligent, uh, although, can be quite salesy as well. Sorry, Edmund, but that's the real truth. Uh, then I'll fo follow the hustle. Uh, hustle does it very well. Absolute most one is pretty good as well. Uh, 
who else is good? Oh, uh, granted, granted by Adam Grant. Mm -hmm. uh, but his is he he hardly sells. Actually, he never sells. I think he's all about info giving. Uh, Five Bullet Fridays by Tim Ferriss. Uh, Kevin Rose have one. Uh, I think it's the Journal or something. So uh, that one is quite strict because if you don't email open his email for three times, right? He unsubscribe you one. Wow. Yeah, so Kevin Rose one is pretty good as well. So, and a lot of times those people they don't sell. It's just about the information that they give. It's just amazing, So, that's why based on understanding how they build the list, right? And if you want to take something from it, as long as you give content that's interesting, that is value adding, that is entertaining, yeah. people will not unsubscribe because they don't want to miss anything, right? Yeah. Yeah, but don't email people every day, lah. That uh, Eric Feng emails you every day. That's like I, I collect emails. Uh, some of my email boxes are like, really big. Uh, but I guess he just stamped up like maybe out seven emails. One you will, ah, Audrey will click and then he will buy some. She will buy something. I, I can't stand it if people tend to spam me every single day. Uh, if there is just too many emails every single day and I see the same name over and over again, yeah. I would actually you know, unsubscribe the person. Um, it, sometimes people do ask like, how often should one person send an email? Oh, okay. Like, okay, putting in the context of B2B, I usually have a practice of one email a week, at most two. Uh, so just, just for the sake of it, but I think for B2C, I don't know, I, I think my personal thing is I still keep it once a, once a, once a week. Mm -hmm. So although sometimes, so there's sometimes there's a newsletter. So newsletter is like, Hey, uh, these are the three blog posts that we've written for, uh, for this week. So I'm just giving you like a curated list. Uh, by the same time of that week, if let's say I want to promote something, I think it's still okay. So maybe one at most two. Mm -hmm. Uh, but of course, those of you who are doing B2C, you have more excuses because you know why? Your transaction emails can also be used as a marketing opportunity. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're sending the receipt over and people are expecting the receipt. Receipts have the highest, one of the highest open rates actually. Because people are already expecting to open it, right? Yeah. So you can put a little marketing campaign over there at the bottom or you know just storify it a bit. Uh, give the additional video or point them to a blog uh, or something. So I think a lot of people forget about the transactional emails that you send yeah. out, yeah. especially to grab. Because every time you take a grab, right, they give you a receipt, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, so for grab, I think the CMO, if you're interested, you can always talk as well. Every day you've got shitload of opportunities to send an email. If you don't know, I will, okay. yeah, give me like unlimited credits and I will consult for free. <laughs> Um, Ricky Sue asks, what is the best practice for email newsletter? Oh, okay. So newsletter, you have to understand, is, uh, it's always like a curated list of like uh, this week in digital marketing. So you, you take something from the verge, you take something from other sources and you combine. It could be your own blog as well. So a newsletter is always like a curated one. Uh, you can always write, like Adam Grant's one is a bit different because he writes his uh, newsletters as well. So. Uh, best practices is try to keep images as low as you can. And a day is still text. Uh, every you can use templates, but I realized that the uh, foundations templates are some of the best because they are really clean. So don't try to put like dual. So I know some people they like to put like two images side by side and then column. But hey, please like your phone. Some people's phone are really small, so you can't do dual column emails. So for my case, if you are on any of my email list, it's always one image and then a column of text. So I know you may open up on a 4K uh, you know, TV, but you're still going to see that format because I think most people read it on their mobile nowadays. So newsletters also, uh, I guess this is more copywriting than anything else. Uh, keep your You can have multiple paragraphs, but don't keep a paragraph too long. 
because on the screen like this again it's going to be like really blocky right yeah yeah other than that text is uh end of the day i think it's always the subject line yeah. it's for, for open rates unless you are a brand that people look forward to uh, then your you can forget about your subject line because they already look forward to you if it comes from richard branson every week i yeah, yeah i will open for him because it's richard branson he can write whatever shit he wants uh, as a subject line, I will still open it anyway. So I think just now we covered quite a bit of, uh, you know, subject, email subjects, right? Yeah, so, surprisingly. Um, to Shirley, uh, Virian and Izon, who is asking on um, how to create interesting subject, uh, email subjects, as well as how to attract people to open your emails. Um, just like what Merrick said, uh, it's okay to do a little bit, you know, clickbaity style, right? Yeah, like seven out of ten people, yeah. Yeah, you can split test as well. Uh, of course, uh, one thing I didn't mention is timing. So, uh, like if you are working the B two B crowd, Tuesdays are a very good day, ten to twelve, two to four. Uh, Thursdays are my second best days. Wednesdays are my third. Because Wednesday is usually the yeah. the low. Well, very low. Yeah, right. correct. Friday they would not. Uh, but interestingly, I'll be experimenting with Mondays though. So Mondays, if your emails are short and you keep it between nine to twelve, uh, somehow the open rate is really good. Of course, like the first thing in the morning yeah, on Monday, correct. you need to check your emails. Yeah, best focus, anything, right? Yeah. yeah, you're fired, get out, just a pink slip. Yeah. Uh, so what I've been playing a lot is also drip campaigns where uh, cold email. So like if you don't open email one, email two, send out email. So I always try to put email. So email three is always my breakout email. So email one, I'll try to sell something. Mm -hmm. Email two, I'll try to build relationship. Email three is like, hey, Audrey, obviously you're, you're busy. I want to get out of the inbox for a while. And I realized that that breakup email, right? If I send it on Monday, my response rate is the best. They will come back and say, hey, Mary, I'm sorry. I have been really busy, da, da, da. But they didn't know that I'm sending out like 10,000 one day. So they, they think that every day I would like write one by one, right? Look, I'm a lazy fucker. Of course, I won't do it. Uh, but it's okay. Let the clients know that I still personalize. I, I think that's the hallmark of good email copywriting, though. If they feel as if like, they are writing to me, like to one person, even though they clearly know the person is like writing to four or five thousand. Yeah. I think that's where you know you hit a certain level of certain level of copywriting, really. Yeah, I think oh, it goes back to copywriting. Yeah, mm. it does. It does. That's awesome. Okay, so um, some of them actually asked, right? Uh, what is uh, what is the most important aspect when it when it's uh, come, when it comes to building email list, uh, email campaigns? Is it the images or the designs or the content that is the most important? I would still say content. So uh, if you want to go, I think I put in sequence, right? One of it, uh, the answer. I probably cut it out. Damn it. Uh, okay, for me, basically, is inboxing rate. And then after that is open rate. Then after that is uh, effectiveness, as in click-through rate or whatever you want to call it. Last thing is visual. Mm -hmm. So visual, of course, you don't make it ugly. Uh, just keep it something simple. Uh, even fonts. I know some, I think MailChimp has allowed you to embed Google fonts, but anything that's embed, just remember it's additional CSS codes. And if, uh, sometimes they use JavaScript to pull the, fo the fonts as well, which is a very bad idea. Yeah, so go with Times New Roman. Because uh, Times New Roman, Arial, Century Gothic, sadly Comic Sans are all fonts that are already in almost every the oldest grandma machine in the world will have those kind of fonts so just play with those fonts first because i think for me like getting the emails into the inbox is priority over design yeah yeah Very steve good. jobs can kill me on it but because steve jobs always uh focus on design had to be important but 
end of the day, practicality for me is you need to get into the inbox. So um, I think this can also answer Sarah's uh, and Jean's email, right? Jean's question, like, how do I know if an email campaign is successful? What kind of metrics should I use? So like what Merrick said, uh, inboxing, open, open rate, rate click-through rate. And sales, like, obviously, yeah, you, if you sales. yeah, the result, uh, uh, the, whatever result you're trying to get, if you are getting them to, like, subscribe to a YouTube page, so that is your result. So you always have to measure the end result. Uh, if your results sales, then obviously is sales law. Okay, so there's another very interesting question. Anis asks, how do I how do I segment my audience and make sure they are properly directed, you know, mm. down the funnel? I think this is a very good question. Uh, so okay, the good thing about some email apps like uh, Mailchimp is that they have scoring. Mm -hmm. So like those who always open your email, they have that they, higher they, yeah higher score. So maybe you can segment based on their engagement. So that's one. Uh, you can always segment based on uh, time zone. I think it's automatic already. So you can basically, uh, which frankly is not really accurate all the time because they always read the last two or three email, uh, the time you open the last three emails. Uh, but what if you're traveling that week, right? So uh, so that one, I don't really segment as much, but I will segment based on uh, their, again, back to B2B. So it's based on their roles and based uh, in the company. So let's say a manager, I will basically say, words like okay this will help you and your people improve their communication skill but let's say i'm sending to the executive to the to the person directly i'll say hey okay learning this will help you become uh, better in the eyes of your leader so you need to put some form some form of uh, segmentation uh like uh, if you want to do that uh based on their open rate is the best so that's why going back to mailchimp's the star system so someone who has like one star then you maybe don't email them as often uh, so those who haven't emailed for a while, uh, haven't opened an email for a while, you can just take them off the list and maybe after two months, you try again. So this kind of segmentation would be ideal. And you can always split test. So, which is great because most of the mail apps, I personally like MailerLite a lot more, uh, but most of them have uh, good uh, split test mechanisms. Yeah. Okay, um, so Yajeta asks, how long should an email marketing campaign run for because after Ooh. a while she tend to run out of materials okay uh okay this one actually depends on your sales cycle so let's say your sales cycle is short like which means the moment they uh okay uh, again it depends if let's say it's a remarketing email they go to the website they add to cart and then they didn't check out right so that one uh depends on the cost uh of the item and the sales cycle so if let's say the sales cycle is one month then i guess you run the campaign for obviously one month then after that you can do you can take a gap for three weeks and then do one more email like hey uh in case you're still thinking about it here's a vacuum cleaner that you've forgotten or whatever uh but for b2b the challenge is always a long sales cycle like one of our lists uh is where they download an ebook of uh, 21 employer branding ideas and after that every week for the whole freaking year they will get one more tip uh, one tip one tip one tip in the email for the whole freaking year so that's how long the email so yes, running out of content is one thing, but <clears throat> by the end of the day, again, sounds like nagging, but if you go back to the customer psychology, right, you will, sometimes you actually will never run out of things to talk about on. Yeah, yeah like you can talk about an app that can help them improve their productivity. If they can, uh, you can go to Blinkist, you can go to Blinkist and get some book summaries and then put it inside. So I think it's quite hard to run out of ideas uh, if you understand the customer well enough. I, I think the whole team, even I, I think the whole team for today is really mm. how well do you understand your customer? 
Correct. And if you don't understand it, whatever tools that you have is not going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. Just now, I think you talked a little bit about uh, the the kind of um, softwares that you use, but let's just repeat that again. So this is by Eileen and UNT, right? What is the best email marketing tools, data analytics for email ads and email content current uh, email content tools that are out there that just now you said you like, right? Okay. Um, what What are some of the ones that you look into? Okay. So like Hasman is saying, get response. Uh... Okay, uh, there are pros and cons. So like get response, one of their issues is always, I don't think it's actually good for those who are really beginners. If, let's say you are a SME business owner, you have been, you have like a list, a thousand, let's say 500 people on the uh, customers, right? Uh, and you're like, I, I don't know whether email marketing can work or not. So I think jumping onto get response may not be the best. Sorry, uh, get response, but because they start charging you the second month onwards, you see. So while you are still testing out the channel, <clears throat> I feel that it's bad that you are charging them now. Whereas I always like the model where uh, Miller Lite or MailChimp uses where the first 1,000 is free. So you, you can take like six months to try out these 500 contacts if you really see ROI and then you convert. So, uh, but of course, actually most of the tools today are the same. Uh, but I still like Miller Lite is because it has, it's one of the few who has the ability to send plain text email uh, newsletters. Which is the newsletters has zero code, nothing, uh, some, and then it has the feature of a rich text format, which means that, so when you are sending something from your Microsoft Outlook, yeah. so that one's rich, rich text format, which some companies don't, uh, don't do. I think Airwebber uh, doesn't do that. Uh, so for newsletters, those are the few. Like my personal favorite that my, uh, my go-to always is MailerLite first. If really difficult, then I go for MailChimp. MailChimp's biggest advantage is integrations. Mm, yeah. Almost every fucking app in the world integrates with them. So, uh, but my personal favorite goes to MailerLite is because uh, their automation sequence are so much easier to set up. Uh, MailChimp, I don't know what the monkey is trying to do sometimes. So, you have, yes. thing like a, you have to think like a monkey, like, oh, okay, so that's what they are. But whereas MailerLite is just AB, like, if they open this, do yeah. this. If they don't open this, do this. So, I guess background as an engineer, it makes sense, the flow chart. Uh, but those are newsletters. So on the other end of the spectrum, you have cold email tools. Cold, cold email tools is not the same as newsletters because cold emails are usually used to nurture and then get them to buy, right? So, uh, so usually what I do is that those people who are on the cold email, if they don't respond, I will, after a month, I will actually shift them to my newsletter. But if I want to sell them something, I will put them on the cold email first. So like auto close, a uh, auto K L O S E is really mm -hmm. good. Uh, then there is also mail shake, and then there's also stack mail. Stack mail is running a discount right now for a lifetime, I think. So all those are good cold email tools where uh, it will send as if it's like a one person sending using Outlook. But uh, and then if it routes through Google Suite, it's the best because oh. delivery rate okay. is. Yeah, correct. I, I realize that they are a lot higher than SendGrid right now. The only problem with Google Suite is that you can't send more than 2,000 emails a day. But if it's a cold email, okay, another way is you open five email accounts. Yeah, so yeah. if you really want to send 10,000 emails a day, right? So so for you, why do you want to separate <coughs> it out? Like there's, you know, the cold email and the newsletter. What what benefit do you see in separating it out? Uh, okay, one big benefit that cold email uh, sequences have is that uh, like it has this super feature that I love, which is that if the person doesn't respond to the first email and then the second email goes out that time, it actually automatically attaches the previous email. You know mm -hmm. how you hit reply? Yeah. yeah, so it has that function, which so far I've not seen any. Oh, that's actually really interesting. 
Yeah, so Miller Lite. No? So when the client open, oh, sorry, when the prospect opens, I said, oh, I've been missing Maverick's email for the past like two, three times. And, and the time stamps are all there. So Auto Close did it really well. Uh, Mailshake did it really well. That's the corner stone feature that I always look at. Like, because, uh, but some companies will say that that feature is redundant because in Gmail, they will automatically append similar title emails together. But if you're talking to corporate, sometimes they don't use the most latest software, right? Yeah, so that, that's the reason why. So what happens if the person missed 20 emails, then all 20 emails will be in there? Yeah, you'll be like automatic append. Of course, you can always also set a feature to not append the previous email as well. Yeah. But usually my emails at most the longest is five to three campaigns uh, mm -hmm. for cold. Because don't forget, you are a total stranger to them. Like you like send them email every week. Uh, that's like, I don't know, that's, that sounds really bad. Like. Yeah. So usually it's just three. So first email is just like, trying to get a response from you. Seconds are trying to get some engagement, give you some value, add a very short piece of information. And the third one is to break up email. Yeah. I think I think what's really good also is that um, if those people are not responding to your cold emails and mm. then you move them to the newsletter, uh, you have a good idea that, you know, for your cold emails, you're only getting people who are of a certain quality. Yes. Yeah. So, and usually what I do is that when I move them over to the code, uh, to the newsletter, I'll say, hey, uh, so Audrey, I'm, uh, since you're not responding and I don't want to disturb your inbox anymore, I'm going to shift it to our list where every week we'll share really interesting content. But do know that at any time, if you want to unsubscribe, you can let us know. So my way is always I add them to the list because if I ask them to, to subscribe, right, mm -hmm. it will take forever. Yeah. So like anytime when I go out and network with someone, if I get their card, I will add them to my email list. I don't bother to do the double opt-in. But at the bottom, I always say that, uh, you know, I, I realize that you love marketing stuff, uh, mm -hmm. which is something that I'll share every week. So at any time you want to unsubscribe, you can just remove yourself. But I already subscribed you first. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's another way. But either way, because you are like the same company and everything's the yes. same, so it's still fine. Uh, I know that there are some cases where um, for example, um, for example, if you are subscribed to, let's just say, company ABC, mm. and then suddenly I suddenly you are being added into the XYZ uh, okay. uh, mailing list, and these are two completely different companies, and sometimes people will get a bit annoyed with that. Yeah, even for brands, I think yeah. it gets uh, really confusing as well. So yeah. I think that's something that you should avoid. Or maybe in the first paragraph, just say that, hey, we got your email from our sister company, da 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 da. So, and realize that you may be interested in this as well. At least some point of reference. Yeah. So like, for example, if you send an email and the person say, hey, I'm not the person in charge. Uh, yeah. Let me, uh, why don't you email this other person? So a smart email marketer, what they will do is that when they email the other person, they will CC the previous one. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, Audrey recommended me to like talk to you, Bob, da da da. So that adds credibility, you see. Yeah. I think, um, I think this is another case, right? Like sometimes people, I think buying email lists is not wrong. Mm. Sometimes, you know, they buy and they, they don't just, have to use them. They just blast it out to everyone. And, and, uh, mm. yeah. And I think that's why sometimes people will say that, is there some way or any way I can complain, you know, to MCMC or anything for selling my details and so on. So what are your thoughts on those things? Uh, if you look at the fine print of all your credit card application forms, right, they always say that uh, we have the right to basically disclose your information. If you're not happy, you don't sign up for the credit card. Lah. So technically, you sign already, right? You, you sign it over your whole life anyway. Lah. Uh, but I think the fact that they still put the unsubscription button there is a good thing for you. So one, I think buying lists, I personally have bought lists before. So like, for example, some exhibition 
like for uh, manufacturers, for example. So all the manufacturing companies are there. So I will actually buy the list. Sometimes it could be quite expensive, like between two to three or to four ringgit per, per list. Mm -hmm. then, but then what I do is that after that, <clears throat> I would uh, email the person say, hey, uh, I, I noticed that your company was exhibiting at this exhibition, but I didn't have time to meet you. So, so then the person would think that, oh, because Maverick was at the exhibition. Yeah. So that's how, so you had to pandai a bit, lah. don't just like straight away, just open and sell. So I think that's where I still collect hideous emails. Like there are some trainers who, who just try to prove that they are not colorblind. Like every word they have to put pink, lah, purple. Lah. I'm like, what the heck's wrong with you? Just do black and white is enough already. Yeah, or they had to put like six fonts into one email. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. But I don't see that very often anymore. Yeah, that's you can go to this. I, I spend quite a lot of time in the spam box because I look oh, at all yeah. this kind of weird stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, but one thing I always recommend people, you want to learn good copywriting, uh, study what the Nigerian prince does. You know those Nigerian prince emails where I got this pot of gold, but I need you to deposit some money. That scam have been like, I think 12, 15 years already. Okay. And every day you still see, hear some people getting it, right? Means, Means something is right. So uh, either is the story is good, the emotion they really understand the customer journey. Yeah. And think about it, they actually send out mass. You know, they are sending out like what seven billion people on the planet. And so the way they structure it is so universal that anyone from different countries can can relate to it. So that those to me are the ultimate email marketing gurus, <laughs> like, Which if they use their skill for something else. It would be damn great, but they rather do this kind of stuff, which is nothing wrong still. But so I always like to read their emails because like, oh, so now you're talking about your mother dying yeah, again. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, and, and you read, which is really interesting. And then ultimately people click and bang in the money, right? That's like the best. I, I remember reading it when I was really young, right? Uh, yeah. I can't remember how, when was that, but, <laughs> um, but so it seemed Yeah, the, the more innocent. The, the more innocent times, right? Then I was looking at it and I said, oh, poor guy. Oh, wow, he's trying to give me money. Yeah, correct. And I actually did reply, but after that, I'm like, then in my mind, like, it's just too good to be true, right? But True. that time when I was looking at it, I actually did reply and I can't remember if that person replied me or not. Uh, it's been so long, right? But um, I think after that, uh, it really makes me think like, wow, you know, like I actually replied. Like, I wonder how many people are like me. <laughs> yeah, so every day there is. Every day yeah. there is. So, but I think it's just learning the tricks. So I think scam artists have been existing for like thousands yeah. over years, right? But they are slight of hand technique, like how they... They use certain hypnotic languages it still works so that's why when it comes to marketing right people are always looking for whatever that's new mm -hmm. i actually look back in whatever that's old because in whatever that's old and still working today right mm -hmm. man that shit will work because the okay chatbots maybe two three years if nobody use it anymore that is dead yeah snapchat has actually gone down for a bit yeah. since tiktok came up right so so these are all up and down but some you have to look for things that are consistent so i think human behavior is always the consistent one yeah yeah. Very, very true. Okay, I think uh, the last question is, right, like, is there any word of advice for people who, you know, want to embark on this whole email marketing thing for the business? Why do you think they should do it? Okay, so for one, I guess for those who have been in business for a while, uh, you have collected quite a fair bit of emails, right? So I think start with those, uh, you know, whatever money that you want to spend on digital marketing, as just take a bit and yeah. and just try to focus on uh, the, the context you already have because Actually, I don't understand why businesses, they're spending so much time getting new customers and they're not selling to their existing customers. Yeah. Right? 
So just put them onto a, a mailer line or list, and then the first email will say that, hey, we always wanted to thank you for supporting us. Uh, starting next week, every week, we're going to send you some things and information. So try not to learn how to sell yet. Uh, learn how to add value. So if your emails doesn't sell at all, it's fine. Just every week, you add value, and then you notice the open rate uh, slowly uh, closing, uh, opening up. And then what you do is that if you have their details, you got a salesperson, a salesperson to call. If you see the person consistently open your emails for five weeks in a row, right? Obviously, they are interested already. So that's one thing you can do. Uh, that, that's for those who already have an email list that they don't know. Actually, most of us have an email list that we don't know. Like every time when you send out an invoice or a PO, that's already an email address. So why not just follow it up? And then for those who are doing B2C, uh, I guess my recommendation is that make use of your transactional emails. The receipts and all that can do so many things. Again, shout out to Grab. Uh, yeah, so, and then for those who haven't collected emails yet, I don't know what the heck you've been doing, but, uh, you know, like name cards and all that, you can start keying yeah. in. But if, let's say you're really noob, you have zero contacts, uh, then I guess a good way to start is that you go to LinkedIn, uh, make friends from there. Anytime you go to networking events, you start collecting. Uh, run your own email list. I know Bob, Runs his email list, so it's not. Uh, and every week, just share something interesting. Kelly sells, I think. It's always like, oh, this week I saw something interesting, and I'm just going to talk talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that one is really good enough because people forget. People are just very forgetful. But after they meet you, and then every week they kind of see your face, right? And your title may be interesting, your face will be interesting, but your they may not read the content. But the fact that you're always in their mind every week, I think that's a hell of a good shot. And all that is less than. It's actually free because if you code less than a thousand, it's like it's free. So why not just try it for 21 days? I guarantee you something will happen. Just don't try to sell upfront first. Selling is not, uh, I'll tell you, it's not as easy as you think it is to sell over email. Uh, I myself, like I have shit mail sent to me. So and then you mean you know how good you are, right? Once you got shit being sent to you. So at the start, just, just nurture the relationship. Just build relationships. And then eventually they will start replying. Like newsletters, weirdly enough, uh, we just started our authority weekly. Uh, there are people who reply to our newsletters when they say, hey, thanks for sharing this and da, da, da. I'm like, okay. And the fact that they open, I'm already quite happy. Lah. So uh, yeah, but that's how we stay fresh in their mind. So now uh, among our team, anytime when we collect emails, we just add it to the list. So even though we have nothing to sell them yet or they don't want to buy anything from us, we are always in their mind. Yeah, I think, you know, in essence, it's just treating people the way you treat people in real life. Yeah. Yeah. But Technology should be an extension of yeah. that, not you abuse it in any way. Of course, you can send out 10,000 emails at a time, which you can't call 10,000 people at a time, that people at a time. Awesome. I think that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for all your insights. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be able to... Um, I mean, they are watching, they are tuning in right now and people who will be watching it in the future as well, they are definitely going to get a lot of wisdom from you. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.